Hi, this is Aaron Orlando reporting for the Revelstoke Mountaineer. Wildfires in BC are definitely the big news topic this week. Um, er earlier on in, the, in uh, 2015, in, in around March, um, Revelstoke updated its community wildfire protection plan. Um, the team that worked on that uh, are Cindy Pierce and Archie McConaughey, who updated the plan, and uh, which basically spells out our overall protection plan and what, in, as well as what individuals can do to protect their properties, amongst many other things. Um, so um, Archie and Cindy are joining me, and we're here to talk about two things today. Number one. What's the risk around Revelstoke? And number two, what can you do, especially if you're on an outlying property, to protect yourself? Uh, Cindy and Archie, thanks for talking to me today. Thanks for your interest in this topic, Aaron. It's a really an important one. Okay. So, first of all, um, Archie, you uh, had a long career uh, in the fire service and uh, have a lot of experience, especially in the, in the Revelstoke area. As of early July right now, um, what are the conditions like out there? What, what are you observing? Well, I went huck, huck, picking huckleberries the other day, and all the berries that are on the open side of a, a road or a cut block, they're drying already. So I would say our hazard is very, very high, and I, I don't have a weather station or anything. This is just from walking around. It's crunchy, which to me is uh, telling us that we have to be very careful. It kind of goes back to 2003. Fire season started very early, and it just kept going and going and going. And this is where we appear to be right now with fires, particularly in uh, Prince George region. And there's a few down the, around the coast, which is very unusual because they're like us. They're wet belt, and they're supposed to be a Teflon forest, but they are burning, and there's a few bad ones there right now as well. Um, are the conditions in? I know in uh, southwestern BC as well as the, the the northwest coast, we were getting into extreme conditions as well as around Revelstoke. Would you say locally in the Revelstoke area we're we're comparable to that year? Yes, we are very. In fact, I think we're a little bit above. So um, now that we have people's attention and uh, it's on the topic of uh, wildfires is on everyone's mind. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what people can do about it and what the community in terms of the, the community wildfire protection plan is doing about it. So um, I guess starting out uh, on the community level, what are, what are some things that are being done on, on the sort of a government management side? Well, the city has been really active uh, with the regional district and BC Wildfire Management Branch and Parks Canada and um, BC Hydro working together to try and ensure that we're as ready as we possi possibly can be. Um, they've sorted out the jurisdictions so they know who should be fighting what. We've assessed the city's infrastructure to see if it needs any fuel treatments and there's been a couple of projects uh, in our parks to reduce uh, wildfire risk. Uh, RMR has also been active in uh, addressing wildfire risks uh, up on their site. Um, we've looked at uh, reducing the risks in the reservoir drawdown zone in the spring when there are parties down in the dry grass, which is a problem. And recently we did a project to identify uh, fuel breaks, uh, areas with reduced fuel that uh, firefighters could use as a po uh, point to uh, fight fires, that big catastrophic fires that came our way. So as far as the city goes, we're pretty well prepared at this point. 
And I, th I think with the dry conditions, people are m maybe starting to think, you know, what can I be doing? What should I be doing? And, and just before the interview here, we talked about basically two things. There, there's some stuff that takes a lot of effort and work. It takes people with chainsaws and expertise. But there's also a lot of low-hanging fruit things that you could go home from work today and, and get going considering the, the elevated danger. Let's start with some of the easier things. Uh, what are some things, how, how, what do people do in, with, if they're looking to take action? Well, uh, the, the firefighters say the most important thing is to have a 10-meter fuel-free zone around your home, an area of 10 meters where you don't have firewood stacked, propane tanks located, if you can, not have any conifer trees. And this is really important for people who are in the interface areas, which is the areas closest to the forest edge. So um, uh, folks living down on Airport Road, uh, Arrow Heights, Alpine Lane, Columbia Park next to the to the National Park, Begbie Bench uh, around the Tumtum -tum area as well. Uh, for those folks, uh, they could have a fire start in the forest near them and come at them uh, at their homes. And so it's really important to have that fuel-free zone around your house. The second thing you can think about doing is stopping by the fire hall and picking up a FireSmart pamphlet. And the pamphlet has an assessment process that you can use on your house to check uh, what else you can do uh, to reduce your fire risk. Things like making sure you've got uh, your eaves covered in so that if there are any flying embers and fires, they don't get stuck under your eaves. Maybe not having a cedar uh, shake roof, which is a tough one in Revelstoke, but um, that's very uh, fire prone. Uh, making sure your decks are free of any accumulations of uh, stuff that might, you know, leaves and branches that might start um, start uh, if an amber came in, those kinds of things. So get the pamphlet from the fire hall. Uh, it's a real quick assessment, and then you can pick off a few things that you can do. The third one is sprinklers, and this is a relatively new tool, and I'm going to turn it over to Archie to talk about sprinklers because I'm not as familiar as, as he is. Okay, so sprinklers, uh, what are they? are they? Are they regular lawn ones we're, we're using every day? Are you sprinkling every day, or, or are you setting them up for the, for the, in the event of a fire? How do they work? Okay, we're talking about the rainbird type sprinkler, one that goes and what this this is actually an idea that's come from Ontario. Ontario has some very large fires and they have lots of lodges in the backcountry. So what they do is they have these kits ready to go and they go in and they put the sprinklers on the roof and they fire up a pump and they let it run. And and what they're doing is wetting the area down. The big problem we've got if, if you're not sitting right on the zone where the fire is going to run at you, it's going to come at you from the top. These are all the burning embers and debris, and they, they'll travel up to, to two kilometers easily. And on some of the larger fires, I've actually seen chunks of wood flying when we're in a helicopter and you're moving from A to B. I've seen the chunks of wood come by when we're a thousand feet above the particular fire. So that's going to come down somewhere, and that's going to create a problem. If you have a sprinkler system, you don't have to run them 24-7. You can set them up, turn them on, and when everything is super saturated, then you kind of have to monitor it. You turn them on today in the morning, or you turn it on in the evening, during the day it's going to dry out, yes. But you don't have to run it 24-7. But it would really help if we have flying embers coming or a fire coming in on top of us. So this is this is an, an everyday thing. So you're you're keeping it saturated. It's not necessarily something you set up when a fire actually starts. Yeah, well, actually, you're better off to just have it ready, because you've got a fair amount of time. Like a, a large catastrophic fire doesn't arrive today. 
without a fair amount of warning. They'll say, okay, this fire is coming down the yellow silhouette. We have to be prepared. That's when you would put your sprinkler up, turn it on, get things super saturated, and then just monitor it. And as the fire comes closer, you keep clicking it on, clicking it off. But the, but the trick is to have the gear on site. Um, we, you know, if you, we get a run on rain gauge uh, sprinklers in Revelstoke, they will be running out of them real fast. We don't have a lot of them here in town. So the trick is to have the hoses and the, and the, and the sprinklers and the gear to put them up on your home uh, in place. And uh, we understand the CSRD has a little info sheet to uh, tell homeowners how to set these systems up. And uh, we're trying to get that, um, uh, the committee is trying to get that put up on the city's website. So there'll be some information for people to use. Is that available on the Columbia Shushwap Regional District website? I haven't been able to find it there, but I'm going to call the uh, fire services manager for CSRD right after this uh, this interview. Maybe it's something they can, uh, when they stop by the fire hall to pick up the, the brochure, they can ask the, the staff there about uh, ways to do it. When you're driving around uh, town and preparing the Community Wildfire Protection Report um, plan, um, and you're looking at residences and seeing how ready they looked. How are we as a community doing in general? If you had to, to give us a grade, um, Cindy's pointing over at Archie there. The, the tough questions. So. Pass the buck. Huh? <laughs> Actually, that's that's a very difficult question. Um, people are really concerned about their house. I'll kind of start with that frame of mind. But we haven't had a fire here for a long time, so they're really not super interested in doing a lot of work around there. But, but I think if they read the pamphlet and have another look at it, they don't have to do a ton of work. They have to get rid of some of their larger conifers and plant some deciduous trees. Deciduous is, is a perfect way to go. Uh, look at the spacing between your trees and how much debris do you have in your yard? If, if it, I, I know, uh, if I talk about making keeping it green, well, that's not too good at some points in time because water may be a problem. Mm -hmm. But if it's green, you have your grass and you keep it green. Or if it's a rock or whatever, mm -hmm. look after that. One thing you should check, we haven't really talked about it, is your fence. Mm -hmm. uh, in uh, some fences, particularly in the Caribou in the 2003, I was doing some work up there, and they had the old wooden fences. The fire actually ran down the fence line and crossed some of the swamps mm -hmm. and started moving again. So because they're sitting there, they're super dried all the time and they will burn very quickly. And I have a feeling this is what happened in some of the houses in Kelowna. The fire hit the fence line, down the fence, close to the house, radiant heat, mm -hmm. and your house was on fire. Mm -hmm. And the, the other part, Cindy just whispered it, is mulch. If you've got wood mulch, that's burnable. You really have to consider what you're doing with your yard. You're better off to go to, to brick or rocks or that type of a scenario so you don't have a fire running through there. The, the ideal, of course, is nice and green and wet, but there, there could be problems with that in the future. Now, one of the concepts that I've learned is that because Revelstoke is, is a, a wet forest, it takes us more or less all summer to dry out. Um, or our real peak uh, time is, you know, late August, early September, uh, if, if we haven't had the rains. Um, and so far, um, we're, 
we're on track for that uh, this year. Um, are you concerned about this? Are you, do you have some deep concerns about this fall um, when, when we get to that time of year? Fall is always something you have to think about in the wet belt. Our worst fires that, from my past experience happened in the last week in August and the first week in September. Mm. And, and you think, oh, that's so late. I mean, the days are shorter and whatever, but the uh, there's a few drainages in this particular area that didn't burn until about the 5th or 6th of September, and then it took the whole drainage out. Mm. So that, to me, is our most con concerning time from a fire perspective but on the other hand uh, that does allow people some time to to get started and um, take the short-term steps as well as the long-term steps absolutely and one other thing I wanted to mention is uh, for people who are um, especially living uh, out in the regional district one of the problems the uh, fire chief has cited is the width of driveways the driveways need to be three to four meters minimum width and maybe even a little bit bigger so that the fire trucks can actually get into your property if you happen to happen to be needing that kind of uh, fire attention. And that's a problem. Uh, every, some people have uh, really tight, narrow driveways, and that's, uh, that's been an issue. There is one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, we like to be in the forest. Archie was out uh, picking huckleberries. I was out camping and hiking this weekend. And lots of people are spending time uh, in the forest. We can be proud that we have a very low human-caused wildfire uh, ignition rating here in Revelstoke. We can be really proud of that. And that has continued over the last five years as the use of the forest has increased. Lots of people out on their mountain bikes, hiking, et cetera, et cetera. I just ask people to be super, super careful about potential uh, fire causes, whether it's campfires. We have a campfire ban now. We'll probably have it till the end of the summer unless uh, something significant changes. Um, cigarettes, you know, butt them out. Don't throw them out, please. And engines parked on grass uh, can also start uh, fires real quickly. Any other recreation use things, Archie? All right, you guys, um, Cindy Pierce and Archie McConaughey are the community, Revelstoke Community Wildfire Protection Team who, did I get that one wrong? No, we're, we're a consulting team. Consulting the team, there we go, we completed. The who, I was about to say, uh, just finished the Community Wildfire Protection Plan, an update of it uh, uh, in, in the spring here and uh, which is, um, I'm assuming, available online. But the, the, the key thing is there's, there's a lot of information out there, a lot of things you can do, and uh, thank you guys for uh, joining me today. Thank you. Thank you.